0: Welcome back to another venture podcast. I'm your host Dan Wills, and I'm pastor of Chandler Acres Church in Bellevue, Nebraska. We're so thankful that you are joining us this day, and and I uh, hope that uh, God is blessing you in a mighty, mighty way. And and so today, uh, I'm excited because we are starting a new series, and it's called A Way Out, and and we're going to discover that our God is faithful, and no matter where you're trapped. It could be something big that you've never told anybody about. It could be something that everybody knows and it's just annoying you. But God always gives us a way out. And I believe there are some of you that are listening today that that I would venture to say that everybody at some level or another has something in their life that is constantly there that should not be there. And I don't know what this would be for you, but let's just call it what it is, okay? Maybe it's, it's alcohol for, for many people because that's a problem. You, know, you might be able to have a drink or two every now and then, and that's not a problem. But there, there are those of you who do it every single day. It's a, it's a substance problem. It could be you're smoking something you don't want to smoke, or you're shooting something, or you're popping pills you shouldn't pop. For someone else, it could be that you just lie for no reason at all. You don't even know why you just told a lie, and and you tell a lie to cover up that lie. And before long, there are some people who really can't even distinguish what the truth is because they lie all the time. And then there are some that have eating issues. You know, they eat and eat and eat and eat, and and it can be grossly overeating, or it could be as simple as a sugar addiction that you just can't seem to push the food away and you just continually eat things that you shouldn't eat. And you don't have to think probably beyond three or four people that you know that are close to you, but someone has a sexual addiction all over the world today. We're looking at something that you shouldn't be looking at and you're acting out on it or you're moments away from acting it out. And because you're visualizing things that you shouldn't ever see for some, it's spending, that you're in debt massively, and yet, for whatever reason, you go and buy more and more and more and more, and you think, I should stop, but you can't seem to stop, or and you just continue to spend and spend and spend. For some, it's gambling. You drive up to the big places, or now you can just go online, you think i 'm pretty good with this new one, and then you lose something, and then you lose more and then you lose more and all of a sudden i can 't seem to get out and you try to gamble your way out, and you're getting into more trouble as and as innocent as it seems for for some of you it 's your phones, you know social media you can 't even have a conversation with somebody without having this phone up to your face. And, and one day your thumb is literally going to fly off. I'm I'm serious because I've seen some of you texting and, and, and just flying through it because you're going to wear that little thing out, you know, and it, and it doesn't seem like a big deal, but you have no idea how much it's robbing you because you can't have an intimate relationship with anybody because you're just doing this your whole life. You know, this, this thumbing through your phone, and I don't know what it would be for you, but if I were a betting man that that every one of us has something that shouldn't be there. And so today I want to let God's work, word speak directly to this, okay? And so we're going to jump off from the, the text that we're going to look at over the next four weeks, okay? And it comes from God's word, and it's from 1 Corinthians 10, 12 through 13. Here's what it says. So if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. What I hope you'll understand is this. Every time there is a temptation, there is always a way out. Every single time you are tempted to do something that that would be harmful to you or harmful to others or hurt the heart of God, there's always a way out. Let me tell you where we're going to go in this series, okay? Uh, So this one today is going to be simple. We're, We're going to build a foundation to build upon. And then the next week, we're going to look at resisting. We're going to find through Scripture how we can do our part to put on an impenetrable wall against the attacks of the enemy. And we're going to ask ourselves, why in the world would we ever resist a temptation tomorrow that we have the power to eliminate today? And we're going to do everything possible to put distance between us and that which harms us. Week three, we're going to see the power of the Holy Spirit of God that enables you to overcome things that your mind thinks you cannot overcome. And then week four, we're going to look at what happens when what you feel grows and what you starve dies. We're going to look at three things that every follower of Jesus needs to do to feed their spirit so their spirit becomes a greater than their flesh. We're, and we're going to look at God's word and let his power help us set us free. Because whenever you are tempted, God is faithful. He will always give you a way out so you can endure it. I believe God is going to, do, to going to set some people free in this next coming series. To start, I, I want to give you a simple definition, okay? And it's for temptation. And there are many definitions, but this is the one we're going to work with today. What is temptation? It is anything that promises satisfaction at the cost of obedience to God. Temptation is anything that promises satisfaction. It's you're going to like this. You're going to feel good. It's going to make your life more meaningful. It promises satisfaction at the cost of obedience to God. What happens is, is scientists actually will tell us that when you give into whatever the temptation is, Oftentimes, your brain releases a little chemical called dopamine, and, and I've talked about this in, in a couple of series before. Uh, dopamine gives you a hit, a, a buzz, a thrill, and, and it makes you want it, and, you know, and so you make the purchase, or you want to look, and so you take a look. You want to say it because it's going to feel good to say, and so you say it and your brain rewards you with it with a a little bit of dopamine, and and then you have the thrill, and then there's the buzz, and there's the high, there's the moment, there's I'm satisfied, followed by the I shouldn't have done that. I feel bad about that, the guilt, the regret, and the shame. And many of you know that cycle. You want it, but I shouldn't have got it. So as we build a foundation today there is there that is necessary to build upon in the weeks to come. We're we're going to keep it real simple, and we're going to talk about four truths uh, about temptation. And truth number one is, and and we need to embrace this: it is not a sin to be tempted. It's actually not a sin to be tempted. Hebrews 4.15 says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, that he did not sin. In other words, Jesus was tempted just like we are, but being tempted is not the same as sinning. You have to understand this because our spiritual enemy will use what's called a false guilt to make us feel guilty when we shouldn't feel guilty. For example, eating a donut is not a sin, right? And if for you, you're learning to eat healthy and you feel convicted, I definitely don't want you to eat a donut. And so you walk into work and there's a dozen chocolate frosted donuts, right? And you walk by and they're calling, you you know, eat me eat me, you know, and I'm chocolate on the top. So eat me. And you will go, I want one. I I really want one. And you look at one and then you look at another and then you make your way by and, and you didn't sin. You were tempted, but you did not sin. But if you pick up one and you smell it, is that a sin? I don't know. I think that's kind of getting technical, but I will say this. If you lick the chocolate off the top, that probably crosses the line a little bit. Um, ladies, you're driving down the road and, and you see a guy with no shirt on and, and he's jogging, you know. Or guys, you see the go-go pants girl or whatever you want to call it. And you think, I better turn around and make sure that they get across the street okay, just to, just to make sure. And if you do that, you probably went too far. If you're driving by and there's an attractive person and you just keep on driving, you didn't sin. You were tempted, but you didn't sin. To be tempted is not the same as to sin. What our spiritual enemy wants us to do is to to feel guilty. You know, I did wrong because then when we feel guilty, what do we often do? We medicate our guilt with sin. I've already feel bad, so I might as well do some more. In fact, I had a guy that was trying to get off pornography and, and we talked about it openly and he called me and he goes, oh my gosh, I am so sorry. I'm so sorry. I said, well, what happened? And he said, I, I'm traveling by myself and I was watching TV and, and I was looking at the, at, at the movies that were, um, you know, I came across the bad movies. And he goes, uh, I, I feel so bad. I almost watched. And, and I said, wait did you watch or not? And he said, no, no, but I, I but I feel so bad. And I said, wait, you're alone? And he said, yeah. And I said, you could have watched and no one would have known? Yeah, he said. So you didn't watch? Yeah, right, I didn't watch. And I said, well, that was a narrow victory. It's not necessarily a good thing, though, because instead of saying I feel so bad, it's a narrow victory, I should have said, don't be looking at the movies, you know? And, and he should have said, Shouldn't be looking at the movies, you know? It's kind of like don't be going to Krispy Kreme donuts when you're trying to not eat donuts, right? When you don't want to be eating donuts, don't go around places that have donuts. Don't let false guilt bring something on you that should not be there. It's not a sin to be tempted. The second thing, and you need to understand that you are never above temptation. You are never above temptation. I don't care who you are. You are not above the temptation. Look at our main verse again, chapter um, 10, verse 12 in 1 Corinthians. So if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall, right? So let me get up in your your business because that's what I do every now and then, right? And if if you're kicking back going, you know, I'm so glad that I'm not the person that that Dan's talking to today. I, I don't need this. But I am glad I got somebody that I'm thinking of right now that I'm going to have listen to this. You be careful that any time you think that that's not me or I'm above that or I would never do that. Because understand this, our spiritual enemy will come at you at your weaknesses and he will come at you at your strengths as well. How often do you see that the great family guy who really does love his family end up doing something stupid? You know, what happened? Well, he was overconfident in his strengths. Whenever you see a doctor who understands medicine and really cares about health and and he's getting hooked on prescription medication, why? He overestimated or, or she overestimated her strengths. He will come at you at your weaknesses and he will also come at you at your strengths. Never, ever, 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 ever think you are above it. In fact, so often there are people that think, I would never get in it, or I would never do that, and and they're the very people that fall the hardest and the fastest. And so we're going to guard against self-confidence, because our heart, Scripture says, is deceitful above all things. We never know when we're going to be vulnerable. We have no idea what we're capable of. Any single one of us is capable of the grossest sin given the right environment. We are not above temptation. So, number one, it's not a sin to be tempted. Number two, you are never, ever above temptation. And number three is we need to understand that God will never tempt you. God will never tempt you. God will test you, but he will not tempt you. There's a difference. Why do you test someone? Well, if you are in junior high school or in high school or going to college, why do we test you? To promote you. We test you to move forward. You know, jobs will test you to to get that certificate and be able to get the promotion. Okay? God will test you. He will never tempt you. Satan tempts to move you backward. And there's a big difference, big, big difference. God is not going to put a temptation to sin in front of you, but God may test you. Are you going to be obedient in this? You know, are you going to be faithful in this? That's a test, not a temptation. In fact, James said it this way. In James one thirteen. he said, When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. God is never tempted to do wrong, and God never tempts anyone else. So where does temptation come from? It comes from our own desire. I'm a good person. Well, technically, no, you're dead wrong. You are a bad, sinful person, and, and so am I. We are bent away from God. You never have to teach a, a two-year-old that they have selfishness, right? You don't have to go and bend down to a two-year-old, okay, today we're gonna learn to be selfish. I'm gonna try to take your toy, and you scream, mine. Okay, you don't have to do that, because by nature, we are not good people. Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. You know, I want that, I want that, I want that, and, and we're dragged away. These desires give birth to sinful actions. It starts with a desire, and then it's born into a sinful action. When sin is allowed to grow, what does it give birth to? Death. Death. It sounds pretty dramatic, doesn't it? But if you asked a, a married couple where someone let sin in the door and where that sin led them to, sin never makes life better. Sin always destroys. It promises satisfaction, but it costs obedience to God. And this is going to be fun. This is going to spice up our marriage, or this is going to help. This is going to help me relax. This is going to make me feel better. This is going to make me feel more special. You know, you have the hit, the buzz comes for a moment, then it starts to unravel. It leads to death, destruction every single time. It's a generation of people saying, it's okay, this is just the way I am. This is just my one thing. I can't overcome this. God has tempted me. God made me this way. This is how I am. I tried, and so I can't overcome this. This is my one thing that God understands. Well, God is righteous into the power of Christ. He calls us to follow him, not by our own power, but he leads us into righteousness, God will never tempt you. I read this crazy thing, and I don't know if you'll like this or not, but this really intrigued me. Martin Luther, not Martin Luther King, but just Martin Luther, the father of the Great Reformation, he said, to be a theologian, you need three things. You need prayer, meditation, and temptation. To be close to being a real theologian, you need prayer, talking to God, meditation, hearing from God, And temptation, learning to depend on God. You want to get really close to God? God uses everything. God uses what the devil meant for evil. He is there for good. Temptation. I want you guys to to think about this. And if you got a moment, maybe pull over or if you're listening at home, write this down because I believe this is really powerful. I believe this wholeheartedly. Ready? Every temptation is an invitation to depend on on Christ i'm going to say that again because i really believe this every temptation is an invitation to depend on christ when you are tempted god is faithful he will always give you a way out every time you're tempted to do whatever is disobedient to god that is an invitation for you to depend on christ because in your own fleshly uh, fleshly nature you do not always have the ability to say no to temptation If you did, you're going to do this. We end up doing the wrong thing. We do the stupid thing. We do the hurtful thing. Why? Because we don't understand that if Martin Luther is correct, prayer, talking to God makes us close to God. Meditation, hearing from God, thinking on his word makes us close to God. Temptation, learning to depend on God. Every temptation is an invitation to depend on Christ. God, he will test us, and he does. He wants to see if we are obedient, but he never tempts us. Satan tempts us through our own fleshly desires, our own evil desires, and we all have them. And if you think you don't, you are way more vulnerable than the person honest enough to say, yes, I do. So number one, it's not a sin to be tempted. Number two, you are never above temptation. And number three, our God will never tempt you. And number four, This is the title to our series, and this is what we have to embrace is there is always a way out no matter what. No matter what you're facing, no matter what gross sin has you hostage, no matter what small annoying thing that everybody knows about you has you in its grips, there's always, always a way out. Let's look at our our main verse again, chapter 10, 1 Corinthians, verse 13. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. What would be your way out? I don't know. But I'm here to tell you God has a way out for you. It may be confessing it. You know, whoever conceals a sin, scripture says, does not prosper, but whoever confesses and renounces them finds mercy. We confess to our God for forgiveness and we confess our sins. God is faithful and just to forgive our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness, but we confess to people for healing. If you confess your sins to one another and pray for each other that you may be healed, that's one reason why life truths are so powerful, because we're not battling sin alone. We're in a community with other people praying for each other. We're open for who might be confessing. It might be that you take a big risk and you say, I'm going to tell you something I've never told anyone before. I need help. I don't want to be like this. I don't want to be stuck. I'm just admitting it because a lot of people have told you, okay, and that's why you're probably admitting it. You have a problem. Well, you might say, well, I don't have a problem. I, I, I really don't have a problem. Well, listen, if two or three people or more have told you you have a problem, you got a problem, admit it. For some of you, it's going to be therapy or, or maybe some rehab. You know, it's deep and you tried and you tried and you tried and you're not getting there on your own and and you need some help healing. And and so you go to detox because you need distance and and you need time. For some of you, it's going to be accountability. You need someone that can kick your butt, you know, and and maybe you're a big guy uh, and you might need two men who can kick your butt. I don't know. But they are going to get in your face and love you, to ask the hard questions, and not to let the day go by without being in your life. For some, it may be true repentance. And I'm not talking about remorse, because remorse is, I'm sorry I got caught. Repentance is, God, I'm sorry. I need your help. I need your grace. Whatever it is, listen to me, there is a way out. There is always a way out. Our God is faithful. There's always a way out. So here's, for a second, I would like to back into the golden days, the olden days, and think about for a second when video games are really good. Do you guys remember this? Okay. I'm not talking about the new stuff, obviously. I'm talking, do you guys remember Pac-Man or Galaga or Frogger and Donkey Kong? You know, the glory days. So does anybody remember Asteroids? I hope you do. You know, and it's almost embarrassing how bad Asteroids was. Okay. We played a game with Shapes. That's what that video game was, okay? You had a triangle for a spaceship, right? And then you have these shapes that came towards you. They wanted to call them asteroids, but I called them shapes, okay? You had uh, octagons and pentagons and all this other stuff, right? And then you also had another button. It was called thrust. And you can hit the thrust button, and your ship would move forward a little, right, and kind of get out of the way, and you'd turn and whatever to get out of those asteroids' way. But whenever you were in real trouble, And a bunch of asteroids were coming at you. Do you guys remember what button was in the middle? Okay. The button in the middle was called hyperspace. And so you're playing and then boom, the asteroids are coming after you and you hit that hyperspace. And I mean, you're flying across the screen. That triangle is moving so fast that you, you just lose it. You know, you can't figure it out and you have to find out where your triangle kind of lands. Right. I don't know how we got into this game so much, but just kind of crazy. Well, I'm going to tell you right now. In the kingdom of God, there's another button. And it's not called hyperspace. This one is called hyper grace. And I hope you saw that coming. And I know it's cheesy. But whenever you're tempted and whenever you're in trouble, hit that button. The donuts were in the office. Hit the button and walk your butt out of the office. Okay? Or you're driving by the jogger. Hit the button and turn the other way. There is always a way out. There's not a hyperspace but there's hyper grace. Our God is that good. He always gives you a way out. Every temptation is an invitation to depend on Christ. God will give you a way out. There is always a way out. If you fall, God will pick you up again and give you a way out again. Here's what you need to hear. Christ in you is stronger than the wrong desire in you. What is temptation? Temptation is anything that promises satisfaction at the cost of obedience to God. When we are weak, we are vulnerable to give in. The good news is that also when we're weak, Christ's strength is made perfect in us. That's why every temptation is an invitation to depend on Christ. Christ in you is more powerful than any wrong desire in you. Every time you're tempted, God is inviting you to trust in Jesus who will set you free. Because the good news is this. Our God is faithful, and when you are tempted, he will always give you a way out. The way out is through his son, Jesus, and by the grace of Jesus, we can be free. Amen. Thanks for listening to another Venture Podcast. I hope you'll join us for the next couple of weeks as we understand that no matter what is going on in our life, God always gives us a way out. Talk to you soon. If you would like to know more about Venture Podcasts by Chandler Acres and you would like to support this ministry, please visit our website at chandleracreschurch.com.